Hello and welcome to That Film Studio. I'm Jason. And I'm Luke. In this episode, we've got another movie review, and this time we're looking at Cheaper by the Dozen. Directed by Gail Lerner, Cheaper by the Dozen is the family comedy film starring Zach Graff and Gabriel Union. The movie is out now on Disney+, Plus, but if you haven't watched Cheaper by the Dozen yet and you want to, go watch it first before listening to our full review. We will be talking spoilers. The film is a remake of the 1950 and 2003 films of the same name, which were inspired by the real-life Gilbreth family and semi-autobiographical account of their lives as written in the 1948 novel Cheaper by the Dozen by Frank Bunker Gilbreth Jr. and his sister Ernestine Gilbreth Carey. Luke, after all of that, <laughs> you have the plot. <laughs> I do, but before I get to the plot, well done. Wow, a little mini history lesson there. I had no idea. I knew about the Steve Martin film and the film that came before it. That's about it, right? (laughs) (laughs) But everything else, new information. Paul Baker, played by Zach Braff, and his wife Zoe, played by Gabriel Union, navigate a hectic home life while trying to raise 10 children and manage the family business. I mean, yeah, that's it in a nutshell. I mean, there's all this stuff with source and uh, things like that, you know, kid, cousin. There's, there's, there's things happening. There's, there's a lot going on. But uh, look, we mentioned the. This is obviously another, uh, another remake. Um, you know, funny thing is that Steve Martin movie or those two movies, that was actually a remake in itself. Um, so here we are again. It's a, it's a thing that happens i mean do you have any sort of i mean i know you're a big fan of steve martin but um are you attached to those movies in any way uh love them hate them never watch them like them. oh no come on come on no, no, no. <laughs> of course i've watched them that first one i watched in fact i watched the first and second one with steve martin well not with him but you know those films you two sat down and uh <laughs> or did make yourself watch them with my youngest and yeah, she really likes him. That first one, especially. And it still holds up as a good movie. But as you say, Steve Martin fan. So I was wanting to watch it when it first came out anyway. But as well as Steve Martin, this was during Smallville. And Tom Welling was also in it. So there's a few reasons for me to watch Cheaper by the Dozen. But yeah, that first one with Steve Martin, I've always liked that film. And then, you know, the, the sequel with Eugene Levy. It's got some things going for it. But that first one especially still holds up. What about you? Yeah, I remember being a you know, quite a kipper, little 12, 13 year old or whatever I was at the time. Hillary Duff, man. I was there for this movie, one hundred percent. Um, and now it's weird if I watched it with the same thoughts, but that's okay. Um so I watched it for Tom Welling and you watched it for Hillary yeah. Duff. There we go. <laughs> we had, you know, we lived different lives. Uh, family like live action family comedies um you know like they're they're, it's rare to find ones that work that like kind of hit the mark enough where it's like still very suitable and engaging for you know a very young audience you know the family kind of thing but still works enough that i guess adults or at least people that aren't young small children can still enjoy it and you know without criticizing the film too much can can embrace it those movies worked for me i feel more so the first one like 
the yeah. just the fun stuff with the kids, the family, the hecticness, the craziness, all of that. And of course, you, you've got the the charm of both Steve Martin and Bonnie Hunt, like just getting it getting it done. Um, plus, all like yeah, the cute kids. And no, I'm not talking about Hillary Duff. I'm talking about like the actual children, like cute kids doing delightful, fun, crazy things, causing drama. So you're going into this. I was hoping, can they recreate that magic and give me something? similar and i've got to say i mean i just want to put it out there now like when i get to my rating at the end it's gonna be almost like a scaled rating because this is a family comedy film i mean this isn't really a genre we do normally jump into and and sort of review so i i think there's going to be aspects where it's like you know like the level of depth is 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 brought down it's toned down because of what the this movie or like you know who this movie is for um, but there's still a lot of other stuff going for it. And in terms of this being a remake, they're doing a lot of different things, but we'll we'll get to all of yeah, yeah. Before we yeah, yeah, before we get to that, I just want to say this, and this is not my review. But again, I said, you know, with my youngest, I sat down and I think my, my eldest, she watched the first Chief of the Dozen one with Steve Martin as well. And we sat down family night to watch this. And I've got to be honest, my kids, this movie didn't work. They lost interest. Yeah, well, fair enough. Lost interest. But the Steve Martin one, they can sit down and watch that and like that. I mean, this one is a PG. The Steve Martin one is a G-rated movie, both the first and the sequel. Could it's, it be could it be that it's also like, oh, we feel like we've just seen this movie as well? You know, no, like, no, it's not, because there's a lot of differences in this one. I think it's you know, you mentioned the source. Zach Braff's trying to sell his source and he's away from the family. And then we're following him on his little adventure. And I think things like that had him losing interest because even with the Steve Martin film, like he was a coach at the school. So yeah, there were so still really kids was. around. It was really him and the kids doing like, yeah, you're right. Like things are always happening. It really was always. And then it was more playful. The kids, the pranks, you've got Ashton Kutcher's character, his pants been soaked in meat, the dog under the table. There's just a lot more <laughs> like visual gags in. Right. Yeah. Martin so one. you get that sort of very playful cheekiness in the movie where it's like, you know, like, yeah, it's just silly, fun stuff happening. And look, there's aspects of this film that dive into those kinds of areas. But I think what this movie is is going for is it's like it's favoring more the the drama behind I guess both the dynamics of the family and then obviously you know like the the stuff with with the business venture the source the you know balancing finances and all of that like and maybe that's working more for me you know as a parent <laughs> thinking you know yeah no I like, yeah I I agree I I recognize very early on when watching this as a family that I was getting more out of it than yeah. what my kids were. But it's interesting to think like we're, we're talking two movies with essentially the same kind of like premise, ideally um, the same genre. Yet you're getting two different feeling like two movies that feel completely different because of, I guess the approaches and and sort of, yeah, just the certain, the tone that they're, they're going for. So it's very interesting. But look, I think the main 
the the first main hook that I had that even made me go, look, I actually want to watch this. And yes, I, I'm willing to do a review. Wasn't just you making me do it, you son of a bitch. Um, Zach Braff. <laughs> <laughs> you, yeah, yeah, Zach Braff, of course. Zach Braff, yeah. I mean, you know, big Scrubs fan. Um, I enjoy him in, you know, like his films that he's done since since Scrubs, whether they've been his indie ones or, you know, even just providing the voice of Chicken Little. Like, um, he's a delightful man. He's a delightful man to, to listen to, to watch on screen. Um, so it's great to see him sort of doing something again that isn't his um, Scrubs podcast, which is which is always a good laugh as well. Um, so, yeah, that was a hook uh, f- for me. Um, and I know I think you're more familiar with Gabrielle Union and her sort of her work. Bad Boys too. There we go, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah, of course, <laughs> too, yeah. I mean, she's, she's done other things as well. Um, stuff. <laughs> She's done more things. The, uh, LA's finest. Did that? Was she in that? She yeah, the, the yeah, the Bad Boys spin-off. Yeah, okay, she right. yes, surprises her role in that. <laughs> so Bad Boys. Bad Fuck, boys. What did I? I watched a bit of Ten Things A About You the other day, and I think she was in that. I think. Oh yeah, she was. Like the like. Is, yeah, okay, okay. She played the character Chastity, and of oh. course, she was in Bring It On. Oh, right. so she's yeah, okay. So she's got a history. She's got she a was, history there. Yeah. She voiced Nala in the Lion Guard TV show. I mean, I've clearly got IMDb open at the moment. Moving on, but yes, I'm familiar. I'm familiar with Gabriel Union. But do you know what? I think that well, this movie would just fall flat on its ass if if the the husband and wife, the parents, if there was nothing between them. These two, to me, like. They worked. They worked. I mean, I'm not saying this is the best couple, on-screen couple, chemistry through the roof, but it works enough that it's like I believe them as a you know as a as a as a now married couple. Like, yeah, and and again, like where where my brain's going now, where I'm thinking of thinking back on what what we saw between the two of them bouncing off each other, it was a lot of those deeper conversations about handling things whether it's parenting aspects or the financial stuff or the business and sort of the prioritizing the business over the wife and you know it's like oh we're partners and it's like oh but i'm the you know the the front man of it yeah yeah i get yeah, it. it's a lot I more grown it. up it's a lot not more for five-year-olds this movie is not for five-year-olds or six-year-olds or four however old <laughs> is. four four and nine honestly the trailers looked more in line with the steve martin films but yeah. yeah, but the film itself, it just yeah. I mean, again, working more for adults than kids, I would say. But the, the approach is different with this film, and, and I think the comparisons are always going to be there. In the Steve Martin one, they had twelve kids. Yeah, yeah it just seems yeah. more of an achievement. <laughs> like they, as a couple, <laughs> had twelve kids. <laughs> It's like such a big achievement. I mean, Whereas what's happening in this film, that it's a blended family, but there's also a cousin. You know, so it's not quite them as a couple having 12 kids. Yeah, I mean, my first, my go-to is probably comparing it more to, um, you know, those other movies that have been remade a few times. Yours, mine, and ours. Yours, mine. There was ours, the more yeah. modern one had, um, uh, oh, what's his name? Dennis Quaid. That's Reddy the one. Russo. I was like, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's the one where it was sort of like, you know, okay, blended family again. Um, and then on top of that, like this all, this movie also addresses obviously 
like an interracial blended family also so there's there's those things because of i guess the circumstances we've also got ex-partners and ex-wife and ex-husband you know like the the other half of the parents to some of the kids so there's a lot more going on and i guess like when you add up all the numbers the kids plus the main set of parents you've got your 12 it's it's different um and you know it, it, it does make me think oh poor bonnie hunt's character in you know the steve martin movie it's you know like if they were all natural not to be crude but poor thing oh, <laughs> i mean bloody hell again again oh, more what an achievement a, what an achievement <laughs> holy holy dooly um but at least here it's sort of not too much damage i'll stop that's uh we're getting we're getting too far gone with that um oh you say we <laughs> My apologies, everybody, every every person out there. Um, but I think again, because of those, we're getting it's a different dynamic. I feel like again, once again, we're not watching that same movie, even though this is a remake with essentially the same premise. They flip the premise on its ass. They, yeah, they're introducing a new d- dynamic thing, and I think, I think, do think that works, and they can go into other sorts of um, themes, such as like racial profiling type aspects which again probably not something like a five-year-old wants to just watch and you know they just want to see kids getting into trouble and you know causing havoc um but yeah we're dealing with some actual thematics here which and again i mean we're not getting like oscar worthy sort of you know storytelling in terms of you know things going on and you know we're not getting the performances to match that kind of um, depth, but we're getting a uh, we're getting a solid enough sort of approach to the subject matter. That, again, I think it works for this for this genre, um, and I think for kids who are old enough to sort of read into it and then work out, okay, what's actually happening here, get that understanding. You know, there's a you know there's a there's a nice meaning behind it. Um, I guess on, on like a on like a, a personal note, like Zach Braff, um, I don't know, you know, obviously it became a, a a big long sort of talking thing with like the Black Lives Matter sort of uh, things going on last year on his podcast with, um, uh, oh my god, what is his name? Um, Donald Faison. Yeah, Donald Faison. I was about to call him Daniel, yeah. and I was like, it's not <laughs> Daniel Faison. What's going on? Uh, but things there, you know, like obviously. His, his best friend, one of his closest, you know, allies in the world. And, you know, obviously it's a, it's a thing that I guess he's expressed as being something very important to him. So it was good for him to be involved in a movie where I guess they can sort of address us Again, not to any sort of like huge depth, but well enough that we're getting something different. We're not just getting yeah. Steve Martin chasing kids and uh, trying to pull his hair out. <laughs> Which was great. But, but you're right with what, you know, the things are tackling in this film. It is very surface level but it's there like it's, it's there, not yeah. subtle at all like one of the opening shots of the movie outside of the house you see the big sign black lives matter yeah and then you get the dialogue exchange between because you've got zoe's kids and paul's kids and zoe's ex-husband is saying to paul that you'll never know what it's like to be black and of course you know it, it wouldn't so yeah it's it's there I mean, to be honest, like that, that conversation between, you know, the two dads, it is like, 
it is pretty full on for especially for again this this genre and you've got like let's say let's call it what it is like you've got this white father and you know like and he even states that it's like you know like some of my kids are you know obviously now mixed race but he openly admits he's like yeah in my position with the life that i was given with the you know like he's basically something like with his biology like of course he's not gonna he's never gonna know but that's not his fault but he's gonna do the best he can it's oh man like this movie does get pretty again it gets pretty deep it's weird but at the same time you know like we're still having fun like we've got these other you know these other parents and you know i found erica christensen as as kate um you know paul's ex-wife like quite delightful and oh funny. really in a very i don't know just oh. like useless oh. kind of like she's playing just such a shitty like i mean the, the whole game i mean i guess the most delightful stuff is coming from the gag of the fact that it's like why is she here why is she always around but it's sort of she like, irritated me and i thought you'd agree with me on that no I but must I think, be the worst no but oh. the the irritation I think like that was the point because it was sort of like you'd see, you know, like Zoe's characters every time, you know, Kate would kind of just be there or show up or say something or just be negligent. And then you get the joy of just Zoe just staring at it, just being like, like, what the damn hell? Like, what is going on? And I think I enjoyed that, that it was just like the dynamic of having her character there. It's the it was worst just- arrangement. Is she just there? And it's like, have you been here the whole time? I think because it's messy and it's complicated and it's just like, but it's kind of convenient at the same time. So it's sort of like, okay, I get why they kind of allow her to be around instead of just telling her to piss off. As you're watching it and you're seeing all the kids, it's like, who's who and how is this happening? And then, yeah, you're finding out that he first had kids with, with Kate. You get that stunt at the beginning where the neighboring kids come over, skating, going through the house. They've got the little course set up. That reminded me of the Steve Martin film, that kind of thing. And we get something similar with the pool as well. But a lot of it, it is very different, which I don't think is a bad thing if it's us watching it. Yeah, again, like rather than getting those sort of slapsticky moments, if that's the best way to describe it, we're getting more of like the kids actually having problems and issues and, you know, like it's like the kids are coming into their own, in their own right and it's sort of how the parents are dealing with those things I'm not referring to the kids as things as, as those issues um, I yeah well you've got the kid Haresh who was adopted he's being bullied and then you've got Seth who is Paul's nephew and then they get a bit of a bond so there's some, there is some nice things happening in this movie and then they develop a relationship well, especially like um, you know like one of um, one of Zoe and Dom's kids, uh, which one is it? DJ, you know, like he's, you know, like Dom is this like superstar athlete, and DJ's more of a sort of, you know, acquired taste, <laughs> um, you know, a bit more on the on the Zach Braff <laughs> sort of side, where it's sort of, you know, not the best sporty kind of guy. So he finds himself more being able to relate to. Paul, you know, his stepfather, as you know, he can talk to him, relate to him. They're sort of more on the same level. And I just felt like, again, it's like that kind of dynamic. It's it's like, yeah, the, the, that plays out really well. Yeah, and it complicates and there's, there's quite a few 
It does, but there's a few gags in there as well. Like Paul's initially flattered that DJ would come yeah. to him and he's like, you're just ordinary. You're like me. Yeah. Like me, <laughs> you know, like basically yeah. saying like, yeah, you're like me, we're shit. Like, we're, I mean, he doesn't <laughs> say that, but that's essentially what he's saying. It's like, well, it's good. Um, but even, again, also like the other, the Dom's um, other kid, um, Deja, like, you know, the, the basketball scholarship and all that and then dealing with you know they seem to have a really again like a really good bond so it's like the it's like the issue isn't exactly it isn't what you think it would be normally when you have like a blended family it's not like oh it's the kids not getting on with the step parents or anything like that it's all like they're 100 you know from the get-go that this is a loving fantastic family everyone you know like there's no issues there they've, they've got great relationships but then it's all these issues that arise and i guess the trigger point is you know, the source stuff is is hitting up and out of context. I feel like people listening will be like, what are you, what are you talking about? But you know, like they I mean, move into the mansion, they move yeah. down, like they're uplift the it's, family's uplifted and they're now rich, essentially. So there's and it's priority, isn't it? Like what are they going to prioritize? Is it getting rich or being close as a family? And then yeah. you've got Paul who's drifting off. Because remind me again, he's got this source. And when you need to be sweet, it's sweet. And when you need to be savory, it's savory, depending on what you're putting the sauce on. Well, it's That's like, like yeah. his whole thing. It's like, I mean, it, it sounds like some like make-believe magic bullshit, but yeah, it's like if you mix it with, if you put it on something sweet, it will in, enhance the sweet flavors. And I guess if you put on something savory, it'll do that to the savory parts of the sauce. I mean, it sounds like some sorcery, but... <laughs> <laughs> whatever that's the pitch and sounds like magic and i guess that's the point but you've also got the because of that you've got the two investors real life twins uh britney daniel and cynthia daniels who play melanie and michelle i mean not too much to to their characters but they're there just to be pretty much pretty horrible in terms of making it all happen you know like we're changing the brand we're taking away that personal touch we're making it more corporate and marketable and all that kind of stuff. But hey, you get the paycheck, so there it is. But again, like the whole, this whole, that whole plot is the catalyst for, I think you get to the point. I mean, the whole point of the, what we find at the end of the movie, it's like, like Paul's happy, you know, like he's, they're rich now. He's, he's able to relax and just support the family and everything's all good. I mean, obviously he's, he's away working and, and making it all happen, but he's finding out that like his wife isn't happy. The kids aren't happy. And then I guess the moral of the story is just like, what do we value more? And they eventually all just end up moving back to where they were, or at least they find a, a new it. house, but more level and rebranding the business in terms of the making it more of a family thing and going from that. Instead of it just being Paul's face on the bottle, it's the whole family, including the nephew. Can we quickly just go back to the Daniel sisters? In the notes, you refer to them as the source ladies. Well, I didn't know if they were investors or if they were just like like marketing reps or something. I didn't know what they were exactly. So I was just like, this. Well, it seems like they, they were running things, but source lady works. Brittany Daniels, well, both the Daniels sisters, they were in a show, Sweet Valley High. I know of it. I never sat and watched it, but that ran for like however many seasons. But Brittany Daniel was in Joe Dirt. And then years later, she did Club Dread. 
So mm. she was popping up in a few comedies for a while and then just disappeared and then did a few TV appearances. And now for the first time in a long time, she's back in a movie. Yeah, and wasn't it, it didn't like Cynthia disappear pretty much from acting since that first thing they're in together? Is that right? Like, because I know it's been many, many years for her since she's been doing things. Right. Maybe I'm only familiar with um, Brittany popping up in things. So well, that confirms it <laughs> because the other one, the other one hasn't. Yeah. The other one hasn't. It's Until now. Until now, yeah. I guess. It's like this is the project that brought them back together. So, I mean, there's an interesting little sort of backstory to them two as um as actors but other than that's like the characters are just just what they are um they pop in, they pop in and out you know ron funches is in this movie as seth's neighbor and i remember the opening credits like seeing his name I thought, oh i wonder who he's gonna play <laughs> and he's just a neighbor like he's who doesn't i mean yeah who doesn't appear until the end pretty much the end of the movie like we're deep into the third act when he pops up yeah it's literally for just like three minutes pops like, up just pops up i mean you know he's he's good value don't get me wrong but it was just i don't just know random. it just seemed odd it just seemed odd that his name was in the opening titles it's i i this okay i'll say it here like i quite enjoyed this movie but there were moments where I was like, oh, okay, we're getting to, into that really like corny, cheesy kind of uh, thing that comes with this genre. And this whole scene where they pretty much go to rescue Seth from his own house, <laughs> from his neighborhood. And it's like, it was nice when it was, you know, just a conversation about like, like, hey, you're a part of our family. Like, come back with us. Like, you know, we're in this together, all this kind of stuff. I was like, cool, this is working. But then when it came to like everyone chanting Seth, 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 like I was like, ah, oh, no, this is this is kind of cringy, and I don't like it. I th- yeah, so I got gripes with that. The fact that it was all as they were approaching that scene, it was all set up to like, oh no, Paul's gone to that neighborhood by himself. And I guess the it was actually just a joke because it was like he can't handle himself. But it was like almost like, oh, this is gonna be a really dodgy kind of neighborhood. But there was no peril because it's not like no. a movie there. And then you had Ron, how do you pronounce his name? Ron Funches, Funches, whatever it is. Funches, I'm going to go Funches. Yeah, Ron Funches, basically they're just like cracking jokes, cracking jokes, just like any any ability to, and I guess the movie isn't trying to do this, but any ability to, or any opportunity to sort of create any sort of tension, kind of dramatic, tense scene is gone because you've got this guy cracking jokes and look it works because it, it does lighten the scene and it's cool and then you've got the kids chanting like Seth you could do it and you've even got like you know Ron not Ron the the other Dom you know like the the big sporty athletic dad and it's like he's gone Seth, well, Seth the moment. Well. and it's like okay yeah well that's geez. the moment for Dom isn't it when because he sees that it's like these guys he sees are, they are a family yeah that they have each other's backs. And that's when, when they get back to the house, he's like, you know what? I'm not going for soul custody. Yeah. Happy ending. Is there much more to talk about other than unless we wanted to go through every single kid? <laughs> I, th- I think we've I like broadly we covered the kids. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's Paul's kids. There's Zoe's kid. There's Paul's and Zoe's kid. There's an adopted kid. And there's a cousin. All up, there's 12. I mean that works. That checks out. The the 
I wish, I kind of wish there was a 13th one though. Because of the whole baker's dozen thing that they do. Like a baker's dozen. I, it's a, I mean, it's a play on the fact that there's 12 of them. There's 12 yep. dozen. And the surname is Baker. Of course, Baker's dozen. But a Baker's dozen is 13. So I can't help but twitch a little bit. At the thought. <laughs> <laughs> Are you with me? Do you care? Is it an issue? No, no. It's a I mean, you, you can count the dogs, and there's two dogs, but one of oh. them is a chihuahua, so it's really small. Okay, so there's 14, but then the chihuahua doesn't count because it's too small. 13. Okay, I'm happy. We're good. There you go. We can rate. <laughs> well, it sounds like you had a better time with this movie than I did. I I'm not going to get carried was... away, though. I'm not going to get carried away. But <laughs> I thought this movie was fine and i was interested for the same reasons you were zach braff was the main hook it's a remake of a film that i've watched many times and enjoyed or another you know telling of that original story i've got to be honest it being a disney plus original movie also had me interested and we should probably say actually so the the Steve Martin movie was a Fox film. This is not a 20th century studios film. It is a Disney original. And the only other, only other example, and the only other example I can think of is we've just got the Ice Age adventure or is it adventure or adventures of Buck Wild, which was a Fox film, now a Disney Plus film. So this is two, isn't it? So far. Because we are still getting oh, 20th Home Al- Century I mean, Studios. Home Alone. Oh, Home Alone. Yeah. Yes. Home oh. Sweet Home Alone. Yeah. So that was the first. So th- this is the second or third one. Yeah. Or maybe there was another one. But, I, I, yeah, that checks out. Second or third, whichever one you want to count. Well, I'll say this. Out of those three, this is the better film. It is better than Home Sweet Home Alone. Yeah. It is better than Buck Wild. Oh, that was... But I'm going to... Pretty bad, eh? But that's a whole oh, that's, a, that's another conversation. Yeah, we ain't got time. We ain't got time. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go oh, maybe too low, but I'm gonna come in at a two out of five with this one. It's got some decent moments, and again, although service level, it does have some things to say, but it's a telling of a story that I've enjoyed more previously. I think it's I think it's fine, but I can't come in any higher than a two out of five. Um, like I said at the start, look, this is obviously going to be like I'm scaling this rating in terms of this genre because I mean, if if it was just to be purely on like okay, let's look at you know the the production and the you know how was the film crafted, you know, like, of course I'm going to rate this very low, but I'm going to come in at a three out of five. I mean, I enjoyed this enough. Again, like you know, like a bit cheesy at times, and uh, you know, like the dramatic elements of it might take you know it kind of takes away from maybe a bit more of the fun that we could have had but even those those dramatic elements aren't in uh, you know there isn't too much to it it's not too in depth but i think again that works within this genre so for a movie in this genre i'm giving it a, a three like i liked it i liked it didn't love it though but i look i found zach braff and gabriel union delightful to watch 
the kids were pretty charming and enjoyable and likable. You know, I didn't find myself hating them or finding them annoying. Um, even the very small, the very smaller ones. Yeah, it's a nice movie. It's a nice movie, and there's you know, it's got a little bit to say. Whether it's a kind of shallow when it is approaching it, it still works. The message is there, and I think it works enough for um, you know a kid of age to understand what it's trying to say again, like, like your five-year-old or six-year-old or whatever. She's four. I'm sorry. I keep She's four. four, (laughs) You do. You do. I I just feel impolite correcting you each time. So I just just feel like every time I do, I do have her age in mind. People listen. People. She she does. Yeah. You you keep going five or six. She's, she's four. (laughs) If I keep saying five or six, eventually I'll be right. You will. You will in a couple of months. For her being five, that is. Yes, anyway. Again, I'm going to go back to my experience of sitting down with a family, watching this family film. Didn't work. It didn't work. But, you know, there's things to like. Mm. It's not a bad movie. It's not. But, yeah, it's just for my kids, there just wasn't enough there. No, but it's good to, to get hold their that, attention. It's good to get that perspective of, you know, actually having a family to sample this on. With me, like my 16 month year old, like, he don't know shit. He was just sitting there with me. Like, he enjoyed the sounds and the the visuals. I mean, they weren't like popping or anything crazy, but he doesn't know. He doesn't know what he's watching. Um, so, yeah, it was just me. It was just me sort of, am I enjoying this? And I was like, yeah, I found it delightful enough. So, it's, uh, it's a nice, generous three from me. But look, I'll, I'll wrap up with um, a tiny little trivia thing for you it's not much couldn't find much but i did notice that throughout the movie there was a moment where they're having family movie night they're all in the bed um and the little one said roll over um but they're they're watching an old an old timely movie on the on their television set and that movie happened to be the 1950 film cheaper by the dozen yeah cool (laughs) At least, at least pretend that it was amazing. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, I, th- I just think it would have been like more noticeable for an audience. Maybe if it was the Steve Martin movie, you wanted the maybe they three film. <laughs> maybe they couldn't do that. I don't know. I mean, you know it's, would be funny? it's novel. It would be funny. They're watching, they're watching Chief of the Dozen, the Steve Martin one, and then maybe a comment from like Gabriel Union or something being like. You know, whenever they make these movies, like it's always it's always rich white folk or something. Maybe something. Maybe that would have been too on the nose, but I think that would have got a giggle out of me, just because. I mean, you know, especially like it was like it was way more common to to get that. So yeah, um, but I mean, it's it's novel that they're watching the first movie. Did you know, or did you like look it up and then I, find out? No, I mean, I did obviously notice they were watching an old movie, and then yeah. Just looked it up and yeah, cross check. Do you know? So, see what I mean? So, but if they'd have been watching the Steve Martin one, you'd have just known. Yeah, and we could have had a laugh in the moment at the time of watching. I get your point. I get your point. But then for me, I'm like, hey, it's that better movie. <laughs> better times. Oh, I enjoyed this one, and I enjoyed the Steve Martin. You did you gave me three one. out of five? Yeah. I'll I'll remember that. <laughs> I, I, again, again, I love. Scaled, but also now look. When we had a when we do when we do the year in review, it'll be interesting to see where this 
this features in your favorite kids movies of the year oh true yeah yeah no i'm sure there's um I mean, there's already a certain Pixar movie that's already taken that top spot. Yeah, so, I think I, mean, um, I think Light Years wouldn't for both of us. But oh, we'll have to wait there you go. There you go. <laughs> there might be a few other surprises. Let's see what Sony has to to put out. Um, but hey, you know what? One final note: definitely won't be that Ice Age, Buck Wild movie. That definitely won't be up there. Ah. <sighs> There you go. You got a bonus, <laughs> little bonus review in there as well. Buck Rogers. Yeah. Any detail, just. Just don't do it. That's it for our review of Cheaper by the Dozen. Please go subscribe and download this podcast on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts, and please leave us a review. It helps listeners just like you find the podcast. We're on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as That Film's Due Podcast. And we also have our companion shows, Rewind and Review, and Sounds Like Comics, which each have their own Facebook pages. If you missed it, we recently reviewed Turning Red and The Adam Project. And be sure to check out our next review, Morbius. You've been listening to Jason and Luke, the guys from that film, Stu. See you soon.